You are listening to the Long Hollow Students Podcast. For more information and to stay updated, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at LH Students. Hi, everyone. How are you all tonight? Good. All right. If you're a special guest with us, my name is Sajel Anderson. I go to Station Camp High School. I'm a senior there. And... Basically, tonight's a little bit different from our regular nights, so it's senior night. That's exciting. Yeah, and basically senior night's just where your seniors have came together and we've put together a service for you all. I hope you all enjoy, and will you all just stand to worship with us?
Fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Hi, I'm Jonathan Lisbona. I'm a senior at Henderson High School, and this is a passage that I really wish I would have had going through high school. It would have given me the strength to realize that God was always with me, and that I didn't have to worry about what other people thought when I would live out my faith and try and share with them. I, would, I was always worried about what I would say and if I would say the right thing, and if I would say, what would they think about me? But if I said that and I followed through with Christ's power, I wouldn't have to worry about what they said because it, was, it would be Christ speaking through me to them instead of me trying to find the right words to say. And it really showed me now, since I found this verse, that I could have changed so many lives if I was just not worried about what I had to say and having the right words and having the, so much knowledge about really what I wanted to say and just got out and said it and knew that Christ would have strengthened me through it. Hey guys, my name is Isabella Scapatisi. I am a senior at Erin Academy. So I memorized this verse freshman year and it has been something that I've clung to um, all four years of high school and it's really gotten me through. Um, so the definition of having fear is being afraid of someone or something that is painful, dangerous, or threatening. And it's been scientifically proven that the only two fears that we were born with are that of falling and of loud noises. So all other fears are learned and high school has really been a time in my life where um, there were lots of fears that I've been faced with that um, have been hard to not learn. And like, for example, the fear of failure, the fear of the past, the fear of the future, the fear of rejection. And through this verse, God has really reminded me that it's through His power and presence in my life that I can unlearn those fears and not have to learn them in the first place. And it's through His strength that I can do that, not my own. Um, so this verse has really helped me in a lot of situations, but I can think of one like six months ago where my junior year suddenly turned into my senior year. And with that came a lot of excitement because college and everything else, um, but there was also the opportunity to fear. And so through this verse, God reminded me once again, Isabella, do not fear for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed for I'm your God. I'll strengthen you and help you. I'll hold you with my righteous right hand. So in that season, God reminded me because he is ever present in my life and he is strong and he is powerful. I have absolutely nothing to fear. And so Isaiah 41 and Isaiah 41 10 is definitely the verse God gave me to get me through high school. What's up guys? My name is Nelson Smith, and you may be seated, by the way. And I am from Beach High School, I'm a senior, and 
I am going to be speaking with you guys tonight. So how's everybody doing? Good? Good? Good, good, good. Uh, as being a senior, we've got graduation coming up. And I was thinking about just life the other day. On the, uh, I was riding home, and I was just looking out the window. And I was looking at all that was around me. I was really taking it in. I was looking at the plants and the trees, and I was seeing how spring has come to an end, and the flowers have blossomed, and the trees have grown, and their leaves have sprouted. And I really began to notice the trees and look at the trees and think about trees. And maybe a little weird, but I started thinking about redwoods. Everybody, who knows about the California redwoods out in California, those big, great trees? They're humongous. They're wide. Some of them, you can even drive a car through them. And sometimes they reach so tall, you have to tilt your head back just to look at them. And I was really thinking about the redwoods. And you might think for a tree to be so tall, it needs roots to go deep into the ground, right? To withstand the wind and all that it has to endure. But really, their roots go shallow, right? And the way they have withstood the test of time and the wind and all that it goes through is their roots, they lock up onto each other. For where there's one redwood, there's many redwoods around it. And personally, with my time at uh, Long Hollow over the past four years and beyond that in middle school, I felt like that has been a very key factor. The relationships I've made here with my friends and my small group leaders and pastors and just everyone around this community, I felt could be compared to a redwood. We're like a family and we're locked into each other. And that's been a very big thing. It's helped me through these past four years or so. And uh, if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to open up to John 15. We're gonna go four through five right here. Did y'all hear that? Really gets it going. <laughs> okay. And it says, Remain in me, as I have also remained in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so thinking about redwoods, they're really tall, right? They have a big platform. People can see them from miles around. And one of the big things with that is we each have our own platform, whether it be influencing two or three people over here or influencing a lot of people over here. We each have a platform and we each have people to influence. You see, not everybody is famous, but everybody has the ability to influence. Whether you're Tim Tebow, whether you're Donald Trump or just the average Joe, you have somebody you can influence. And how you use your influence comes from your roots. If everybody in here could close your eyes with me, just close your eyes. Let's imagine you are a tree, right? You can hold your arms out if you want to and pretend you, no, I'm just kidding. But pretend you're a tree, everybody's eyes closed. And the height of your tree is the level platform or the sphere of influence you have. Everything underneath you, underneath your branches, are those people that you can influence. The height of your tree is the level platform you have. And then the soil that you're within is what you place your faith in. As a follower of Christ, I would hope that everybody in here places their faith in God. And the roots 
that are within that soil is the amount of faith you have in your faith. You see, the deeper your roots are, the deeper the relationship is. And then the fruit that you bear are the actions you take and the words you speak. And the fruit comes from the root. For where there is a good root, there is a good fruit. Now, eyes closed just a little bit longer. I'm going to go to Colossians. And it says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as your Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith, as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Everybody can open your eyes now. Don't you feel like a tree? Real big, real mighty. But from that tree, somebody planted a seed in you. Whether you realize it or not, someone planted a seed in your life. And from that seed, you have grown into a tree, whether that be a redwood or a little tiny bonsai tree, you have grown into a tree. And from that seed, you should have wanted to grow and plant seeds in other people. However, it's not for us to change hearts. God does that. It's just our job to plant the seed. So, moving forward from that, just thinking about my prayer for Long Hollow Student Ministry as I'm moving on and going to college, and just thinking about how I could help relate the planting seed idea, I was trying to think of some sentence I could say or paragraph I could write and read off the paper, but the best thing I could find came from the Word of God itself, and that is in Ephesians 17 through 19. And it says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide, how long, and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Who here has heard of a bonsai tree? Everybody? No? 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 Bonsai tree. All right. Well, if you don't know, a bonsai tree is a little short Japanese tree that's maybe a foot in height, real short, real small. And the U.S. government has a bonsai tree. It is a white pine and its significance, it reaches beyond the fact that it is a short tree and just that it's from Japan because that's where they come from. But it dates back quite a few years. During World War II, this tree was approximately two miles from ground zero of where we dropped the bomb on Hiroshima. You see, this tree should have been obliterated. It should have been destroyed. But it obliterated. But it survived the destruction and heartache. It stood when all else failed. This tree was given as a token of peace from Japan to the United States after the war. You see, this tree represented peace and love for all those who experienced heartache. See, this tree stands for more than the 12 or so inches that it stood in height stood for the millions of people that needed love. Despite the size of your stage, God has blessed you with it. Whether you influence two people here, or 20 people there, or a million people there, God has blessed you with it. And you need to remain rooted in his love so that your roots can end in results 
for the kingdom of God. Let us pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this day. Thank you for this service and the seniors. And God, I pray that you just allow us to realize our roots. Lord God, I pray that you allow us to seek you. And Lord, to read the Bible and grow closer with you and grow closer to you. And God, I just thank you for everybody in this room, the relationships that I've built and the relationships that come through it. God, I pray that we see the platforms that we have and the abilities of influence we have to influence others. God, I thank you for this, and I thank you for this ministry. In your name we pray, amen.
Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that it is the testing of your faith that produces perseverance. Let the perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives freely to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. If you ask, you must believe and not doubt, for one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Such a person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. James 1, 2 through 7. If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are convicted by law as transgressors and have committed sin. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are being judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to those who show no mercy. Mercy triumphs under, over judgment. James 2, 8 through 13. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Psalms 30 and 5. So you guys may be wondering why we're up here um, speaking scripture to you. And we just kind of wanted to introduce ourselves before we got started. My name is Kaylor, and I'm a senior at Beach. I'm Brooke. I'm also a senior at Beach. And I'm Camille, and I'm a senior at Hunters Lane. So we have a couple things that we wanted to talk to you guys about today. Uh, the first thing, obviously, being scripture memorization, and the second thing being uh, discipleship groups. Kayla and I were actually put in the same discipleship group or D group this past year, and it was through this D group that we started memorizing scripture. And it wasn't even on my radar before I was in D group, but um, through it, I've had such a rewarding experience, and I've been able to apply it in so many situations in my life. Um, I started memorizing scripture I was going through a tough time dealing with one of my brother's deaths and I just realized I didn't have any scripture memorized or anything in my heart to get me through that tough time and it motivated me to want to learn more scripture and keep it in my heart for situations like that so um, the reason why I memorize scripture is because it helped me to understand a little bit more about um, my walk with the Lord and it helped me to understand um, that the Bible isn't just about the past or the present but it also applies to my future too um, so in memorizing all of these scripture verses, uh, I actually memorized that passage about a year ago, and um, it really made me realize this week when I was looking back at it that um, my perspective on the verses changes over time, and it really helps me to understand <laughs> a lot more about my walk with the Lord and what he wants me to do and when he wants me to do it when I memorize scripture. Memorizing scripture is important to me because as I was starting out as a Christian, one of my biggest fears was having somebody ask me a question about God or the Bible and I wouldn't know how to answer it and I just kind of felt unprepared. And so by memorizing scripture, I have all this knowledge that in my head without having to go reference something and I feel so much more prepared to answer questions and more prepared about what I believe in. Memorizing scripture made me focus more. It, fo it forced me to focus on the bigger picture of that it's not just me, but it's God's word that I need to keep with me at all times. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wildflower. The sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even when they go about their business. Blessed are those that stand firm in persecution and trials because they know that they will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. James 1, 9 through 12. When Jesus was finished speaking, a Pharisee came and asked him to dine with him. So Jesus went in and reclined at the table. The Pharisee was astonished to see that Jesus did not first wash before dining. 
And the Lord said to them, You Pharisees wash the outside of the dish and the inside of the cup, but on the outside and the inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You fools, is not he who made the outside the same one who made the inside as well? Luke eleven, thirty seven through forty. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but the woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Proverbs 31 and 32. So the reason why I picked those verses is because I kind of wanted to explain what scripture brought into my life too, um, and that's perseverance. So memorizing scripture isn't anything that's easy, especially when you memorize a book like um, our D group leader, Miss Jean, made us do. She would make us memorize in uh, lots of verses at a time. And um, that's not something that takes an hour or even a day, but days and weeks at a time. So uh, the people that know me best know that I'm not a patient person, nor do I claim to be. Um, but over the past couple of years, memorizing scripture in Miss Jean's D group, um, I have really gained a lot of patience. And that's a big thing for me. And in gaining that patience, I've also gained perseverance as well. So through memorizing scripture, I found that I can apply it in situations that I used to not, and I'd have different reactions. So anytime that I'd be angry or stressed or anxious or upset or something like that, and I've memorized a scripture that would fit in that situation, it would bring a sense of calmness and peace over me. Instead of having that same anxiety and the same anger, I would instead feel calm and peaceful, and that's just a really great thing about memorizing scripture. Memorizing scripture has brought me perspective of more than just myself and more than just other people, but that there's a whole world of stuff that needs to be dealt with and thought through and how to deal with it. We always wind up going back to scripture, so it always brought perspective to my mind. So now that you know who we are, why we memorize scripture, and what it brings into our lives, we kind of have a bit of a challenge for all of you. The challenge is for you to memorize like a small bulk of scripture, not just for yourself, and not, well, really it is for yourself, but not just for other people, but for you to do it and hide it in your heart, not just to have it in your head or in your mouth, but to keep it in your heart with you. And we want you guys to dig a little deeper in the scripture that you're memorizing. Don't just memorize scripture and never apply it and not know what you just memorized. When you memorize scripture, read into it and know what it's talking about. Know why it's in the Bible and what it means. And it can have such great rewards on your life. And not only do we want you to dig a little deeper, but we also want you to memorize scripture for yourself. Don't memorize it for your mom or your dad or your small group leader or your pastor, uh, but memorize it for you and for um, understanding what you need to understand and for learning what you want to learn. Um, and pray about what you're memorizing too because that's a big part of what we do. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to what we have to say. We were super honored to come up here and share this with you guys. And I know I'm speaking for myself and Brooke and Camille when I say that if anybody has any questions about memorizing scripture, uh, what some methods that we've learned are not helpful and that are, um, we're totally open to talking about any of this stuff with all of you. So uh, let's do another, do some more worship.
guys could take a seat. Confusing. So is everybody enjoying senior night so far? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we've heard from Nelson, we heard from Kayla and the other girls and uh, about being rooted in our faith, memorizing more scripture. So I'm going to continue on with that. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Brennan Cress, and I'm a senior at Station Camp High School. And, and throughout my high school career, I did a lot of events, a lot of activities. But the one thing that I found my passion in was running. So sophomore year, my parents told me I had to go do a sport or I was going to become a couch potato. So I decided, hey, I'll go out for track. So I went and started running track, and I just fell in love with it, fell in love with running. I ran track sophomore, junior, and senior year, and then ran cross-country junior and senior year. And it took a lot. Uh, I'm not naturally athletic, so there was a lot of a learning curve that I had to deal with. Um, and one of those things was how I thought about a race. So for those of you who don't know cross-country, cross-country is a 5K race, so 3.1 miles, and it's in like August, September, and October, so like hot the whole season. Um, and I remember going to a race, and, or any race, and I'd be checking my phone for the weather. It'd be like 93 degrees outside, and I'd be like, oh, no, like I'm going to die. Like this is, this is going to be brutal. Or I'd, I'd count the hills on a course knowing that's going to hurt, that's going to hurt, that's going to hurt, and like go over all that in my head. And what I found was it was really like impairing me. Like I felt like bogged down by how I was mentally preparing for the race. Um, so I looked to Scripture. And if anyone in here thinks that scripture can't relate to what you're going through, uh, this verse might prove you wrong. Because as I was studying, I came across this. Uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27 says, Do you not know that the runners in a stadium all compete, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Now, everyone who competes exercises self-control in everything. However, they do it to receive a perishable crown, or a, a crown that will fade away, but we an imperishable one. Therefore, I do not run like one who runs aimlessly or box like one who beats the air. Instead, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control. So after preaching to others, I myself will not be disqualified. And there's some things that I want to talk to you guys about out of that verses that God showed me then um, that he's still teaching me now. First is run in such a way to win. So when I first read that, I was like, why doesn't Paul say run to win? Like, that's why you run, isn't it? To win the race. He says, run in such a way to win. And what I realized was my mentality was what was hurting my race. When I'd go to a race and count the hills or constantly check the weather for how hot it was going to be or think in my head about how little water I had drank the night before or what food I had eaten, that was impairing me from being able to run well. Paul is saying your mentality determines how well you run. And I think that there's one other aspect of life more prevalent than running that we all struggle with, and that's school. See, and if you're like me, you had this mentality about school. You might go to school at, in the 8 o'clock bell ring, and you can't wait for that 3 o'clock bell to ring to be done. Or I hear it all the time with seniors, I cannot wait to get out of here. I cannot wait to be done. Um, I can't stand this teacher. I can't stand this class. This work is so hard. You're, you're bogged down with the stress. And when you think like that, you're not going to run well. Paul says, run in such a way that you may win. And he goes on and says, um, everyone who competes exercises self-control in everything. However, they do it for a perishable crown, but we an imperishable one. So think back to like Roman times, right? 
these guys would go out in these huge coliseums to compete, to run, they train, and what do they win? They don't win trophies like us or ribbons. They win little wreaths. You've seen them like those little tiaras that, tiaras that they wear made out of grass. So these guys are pouring blood, sweat, and tear into some twigs. It's hardly a like, worth it prize. But when we compare that to life now, I think we run for prizes just as silly. If your focus in school is a letter grade at the top of your page, that's a perishable crown. If your focus in school is for a, a specific scholarship or even the diploma at the end, that's a perishable crown. If it's on the spot of a team, those are all perishable crowns. And friends, if I had a word of advice, it's run for the imperishable crown. And that's the one that God has. As they talked about memorizing scripture and being rooted in your faith, our imperishable crowns are those things that we find in God, sharing the gospel, our relationships with our friends, as we pour in to them what God has poured into us. So run in such a way to win. Focus on those things, those things that are godly over the earthly things. Second, our mindset changes everything. So instead of wishing out of school, watch what God is going to do through you in school. Don't wish out, watch. Because if your focus is on sharing the gospel, not on your desk, but on that person who's sitting next to you, God is going to use that in such a mighty way. And I know if you're like me, um, when school gets hard, when you have projects, when you have tests, church and the things of God is one of the first things to go. And I think you might see that. You know, you've got a project due, so you don't come on Wednesday nights. Or you've got so much to study, you forget to memorize scripture or you're not reading your Bible because you're reading your textbooks. And when you do that, you're missing what God's trying to do. If you focus on God first above everything else in your life, he's going to use that. Um, for example, say you're struggling in biology. It's our God who wrote out every line of DNA ever. You're struggling in history. Our God is the one who pinned out all history and all time. In English, our God is the word who created language. And if you're like me and think math is of the devil, <laughs> unfortunately, math is created by God, and God knows it. Kaylor, when she was up here, she uh, quoted out of James. She said, now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask of God who gives to all generously and without criticizing, and it will be given to him. So when you're struggling in school, instead of the first thing to go to be God, put him first. God, help me on this test. Now, you might not want to pray that when you're sitting to take the test and you forgot to study the night before. Because God also gave you a brain and the ability to study. See, Christians should be hard workers. If you took a poll of your class and your teacher took those who work hard and those that don't, are the Christians in the class the hard workers? Are they the ones who respect their teachers enough to work hard in everything that they do? That doesn't mean you have to get straight A's. It means you have to run well. It means you have to work hard. Um, and run with a purpose. Verse 26 of... What I was reading earlier, 1 Corinthians 9, 26 says, So I do not run like one who runs aimlessly or box like one who's beating the air. What is Paul saying there? Paul's saying, I'm not out here just checking boxes. I didn't just show up. I'm here to work. I'm here to race. Because if we run aimlessly, then we're going to miss what God is trying to do in our lives. Continuing on, don't wish out of high school. If I had a word for my underclassmen, don't wish out of it. Watch what God's going to do in it and be in constant prayer for what he's going to show you. Uh, thirdly, what will God say when you finish? So I ran a lot of races, all right, and my coach yelled at me a lot. But the worst thing, I remember the worst thing he ever yelled at me. 
So it was about midway through a race, so I've got like a mile or more to go, and it's hot, it's like 95 degrees, and I'm just drenched in sweat, and I just want this race to be over. I actually think I remember I was contemplating intentionally falling down so that I might take a break for a little bit and then get back up and keep running. And I, you know, in all that pain and all that suffering, I remember my coach yelling at me, Brennan, you're jogging. I was like, no, I'm not, coach. You see me out here? Like, I'm like, I'm dying out here. How am I jogging? He goes, stop grimacing, start running. I was like, oh, okay, coach. Like, so I picked it up right there. Because what I realized was is that my mentality was killing my ability to race. My mentality of all of this, all the stresses of school that we have, all of those things, those sports that take up our time, when my focus was on those, was on the pain in my legs and was on the heat, I was missing what I could do. I was not being used to my full potential. And God wants to use you to your full potential, but you have to focus on him. You have to focus on those imperishable crowns. See, when we, we're all going to one day cross the finish line of life, and we're going to answer to God for what we did. And what I don't want God to tell me when I finish this race is, good job, Brennan, but you were jogging in these areas. In high school, you totally forgot me. You lived your life with your friends, and you were just jogging. Or for my seniors going, to co going into college, is God going to say, look, I set you up with an awesome group of people, um, and then you got to college, and you started jogging. You forgot me. You forgot all the things that I had done for you, and you just eased off, and you settled in, and you stopped pursuing me. Or maybe if there's adults in the room or people going to work right after college, maybe you got into your job, and then you settled. As a runner, we're taught never settle. Always push harder. If you're memorizing whole books of the Bible, go for the whole Bible. If you're not memorizing at all, start memorizing. Start focusing on those imperishable crowns that God has for you. If you struggle with sharing your faith with people, look around you for those people that you're comfortable with, that are in your friend zone that you can share your faith with. If you're comfortable, share your faith as many times in one day as you can. I know even today with only two days left of high school for me that I'm already looking for those opportunities because I don't want to be jogging. See, when I finish this race, I want God to tell me, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't want to have left anything. My friends have heard me say this before. It was actually my senior quote. I said, I don't want to die broke. I just want to die spent. And what I mean by that is this. I don't want to die having lost everything because of my inability to take care of it. I want to die having giving, given everything that I have for the glory of God. The worst feeling in running is not pain, is not suffering. It's finishing a race knowing that you had something left, knowing that you could have gone harder, knowing that you could have ran faster. That's worse than anything else. And I don't want to come to my end of my life and look back and says, I held back. So for my students in here, don't hold back. Don't hold back for the gospel. It's not worth it. As someone who's been through four years of high school, taken AP classes, had difficulties with sports, it's not worth it to hold back and focus on those things. So as a walking point, what does this mean? So we're all running. We're all running this race. Um, but without Christ, you may be running aimlessly. But let me speak to the Christians first. Um, this is my challenge to you, all the Christians in the room right now. Are you running in such a way to win? Are you running in such a way to win? Are you focused on the prize, on those perishable things? Or are you focused on the imperishable things that God has for you? And you wouldn't join a cross-country team to run aimlessly. You, run, you join to race. And if you're on this team of Christ, you're here to race. 
because our job is not to go out there and jog. Our job is to run and to run with a purpose. So what is your involvement? How much are you reading your Bible? How much are you memorizing scripture? How much are you pouring into other people? Or is your involvement very backing off of all those things and just jogging? Secondly, though, to those in here who may not have a relationship with Christ, I want to speak to you for a moment. In life, you might feel like you're running aimlessly, that you don't have a purpose, that all the pressures of life are coming on you and crushing you and bearing on you, and you just can't feel like you can get out. Well, I have something that you need to hear, and that's God, knowing this, knowing how our sin separated us from him, sent his son to be the sacrifice for our sin. So you know why Paul says, uh, run in such a way to win and not run to win? It's because Jesus already won the race. See, Jesus came to this earth to live a perfect life. And I tell you, on that cross, Jesus did not hold back a single drop of blood or a single drop of sweat. See, Jesus gave everything, 100%, for you and me. And he died on that cross, and he was buried, but three days later, he came back from the grave. He defeated death, he defeated sin, he defeated hell, and now he wants us to join his team. So if you're in this room right now and you're struggling with your relationship with Christ, if you have one, I would encourage you, um, in just a moment, we're going to have a time of response. Um, we're going to go into a time of prayer. And in that time when people are moving, I would encourage you, uh, we will have adults over here, I believe, um, who are ready and willing to talk to you. But don't let this opportunity pass. Um, if you are feeling like you were running aimlessly in life and you need that purpose, God is that purpose. God will give you that purpose. And for those of you who are Christians, run in such a way to win. Seniors, if you have days left, think about people you can share the gospel with. And let's all cross the finish line of life completely spent. Okay, so my name is Cabby Collins, and I'm a junior at Beach High School. Now, this senior night was completely produced by seniors, for seniors, as like a last final goodbye to the student ministry almost. So if all of our seniors that are still in the crowd could stand up and circle the room for us. Now what we're doing is we're going to kind of do a prayer over these seniors as they say their final goodbye to the student ministry. Now you may have seen these bracelets up here, and each one of them has a name of a senior that's been a part of this ministry. So if all of you underclassmen could come up and grab one.
Now, with each of these names, we're asking that you start to pray over these students as they transfer into college or into the workforce and they move on with their lives um, and through their faith. Now, let's just, we're going to take a second right now and start praying for them. So look at your name and you can have an idea of, in your mind, of who you're praying for. So first, let's pray that God shows them where he wants them. I just want to pray for each of these seniors that you can show them the path that you have planned for them, not what they want to do, but just completely wreck them and to show them what your plan is for them and give them the faith and the strength to live out that plan thoroughly for you and only for you, Lord. And next, let's pray that whatever plan that God has for them, that he provides financially for these students. I just pray that for each of these students that you can provide for them, not only through faith and through strength, but financially because it gets hard and it's going to get harder. But I pray that you just let them find complete faith and strength in you, Lord, and that they look to you and know that you will provide and that you are our stronghold, Lord. Um, third, let's pray that they can find a good community and church wherever they are sent. I just want to pray for each of, the student, of these students that they realize that finding community is one of the most important things in living out the faith strongly and finding that rooted community, Lord. I pray that you provide these students with different people and different churches that can teach them more and let them grow in you and not to fall away as they uh, transfer on to a different workplace or college or wherever they're headed, that they just, um, just find you in different places, Lord. Now, Alex, now next, let's pray that they are bold in their faith. Lord, I pray that you just give these students um, the power to be bold in their faith, that they don't um, have fear of the new people that they're surrounded by, the colleges that they're surrounded by, the different atmosphere, the different places, whatever state, if they're traveling abroad, whatever they're doing, Lord, I pray that they can just um, remember to be bold in their faith through whatever they're doing, and that you will be with them through it all, Lord. And finally, let's pray that the students in this ministry can step up and be leaders on the foundation that these seniors have set for them. Lord, I just pray that you let um, every single one of these uh, students in here to be bold in their faith, whether they're a junior, senior, sophomore, freshman, whatever they are, Lord, I pray that you just let us step up on the foundation that these seniors have set for us and that we can just continue to grow and spark a revival, not only at these colleges that these students are going to, but here in Sumner County, Lord, I pray that you just let the grow and tell, the go and tell all grow, Lord, and that you just um, provide us all with the boldness in our faith and let us step out and be leaders as the seniors have taught us, Lord. Amen.
Don't forget how much you love us, God. Oh
some praise tonight for everything that he's done in this place. Y'all can take a seat and check out this video. This year, obviously, love you too. Okay, camp this year is right now is three hundred and fifty-five dollars. It is June twentieth through the twenty-fifth, and me and Annie, we are both signed up. So y'all should sign up, and we should all go together because it's gonna be fun. Okay, so all the ladies in your room, get out your phone and add May 26th to your calendar. That's going to be our first girls' summer night. It's going to be so much fun, so ask off work or whatever you have to do because you don't want to miss it. Also, LH College is having a summer kickoff on Tuesday, May 15th. That is next Tuesday. They would love for the seniors to come out, and they are grilling hamburgers and hot dogs. It's going to be at 6.30. There will be basketball and volleyball, and worship starts at 8. Okay, y'all have a good night, and don't forget to stack chairs. Let's give it up for our seniors. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> 